Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 1, Episode 6 of Angel Talk, Reflections of an Ambitious Angel Mom. My name is Philip Kerrigan. I am the Executive Director of Raise for Rowan. We are the organization that helps families suffering from the tragic loss of a child with funeral cost assistance and emotional support. I am, as always, joined by the Ambitious Angel Mom herself. Say hello to everybody. Hi, everybody. I'm Bryn, and I am co-founder of Race for Rowan, and always excited to be here with Philip. You are fresh off of a long weekend. You uh, helped your sister-in-law down in California. I did. My sister-in-law and my cousin. um, Yeah, we just got back last night at 12.30 a.m. from Red Bluff, California. Unbelievable. Feeling a little tired today, but (laughs) happy to be back home. Yeah, yeah. feeling a little bit tired, and I'm the one who screwed up the open the entire time. So (laughs) I like to laugh about it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And we're just getting started, so. That's right. So uh, today we're talking about a really interesting topic. Um, As most folks who who have larger families know, if someone passes away, there are oftentimes, uh, there are, of course, parents and grandparents around and aunts and uncles who are affected by the loss of a child. But we seldom think about uh, the siblings of, of those children who pass away and what they have to deal with after their, after their brothers or sisters are gone. Yeah, I think that it's really easy to overlook the children in, the, in that situation because, you know, everybody wants to surround and support the parents. Mm-hmm. And that's your first, you know, response is how can we help this family, you know, and... Um, but ultimately, there's usually a sibling that's sitting there kind of overlooked. Right. So that's what we're talking about today, um, kind of what to look for and how we can give you some pointers and how to help those that's siblings, right. you yeah. know, that have suffered a loss of a of a brother or a sister. That's right. Uh, sibling support is what we're talking about today. Um, and so... We're gonna we're gonna talk about it a little bit more in through the lens of Bryn's experience with with uh, her son and her daughter. You have uh, two other children besides Rowan. She had an older brother, and also uh, you had a child after Rowan passed. Correct. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So my son was four years old when his sister passed away, and he actually was in the vehicle that mm. had hit Rowan. So, you know, he was present on the scene, right. um, you know, really experienced that traumatic event. So, Right. It was think, right in his face. The loss was pretty, pretty right there. Yeah. So I think, you know, you have to remember that not only a child might be experiencing loss or grief, but they also just experienced maybe something really traumatic right. that um, can affect them for the rest of their lives. Yeah. So, um and then obviously my youngest daughter, she was not here yet. She mm-hmm. wasn't born. So we had her after Rowan passed away, but that's all she knows is, yeah. you know, her sister is in heaven. Yeah. So yeah. there's two different um, ways that we actually approach both right. of our kids with it. So I'm happy to kind of share what's worked for us and what mm-hmm. hasn't and talk about that today. Yeah, that'll be what's really interesting is is you have a unique perspective in that you have both the child who has experienced the loss in person right in front of them, mm-hmm. but then also a child who deals with different pressures perhaps yeah. uh, afterwards, right? living maybe up to some memories and such. So yeah. we're going to get into both of that. Right off the bat, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about your son and you mentioned he was he was there when the accident occurred. So he has the he has this dual sort of thing that he deals with. Number one, just being at the scene of an accident. Number mm-hmm. two, the passing of his sister. Can you talk about, if you can, recall 
sort of near the beginning of everything, some of the things your son went through after Rowan passed. Yeah. Um, well, I think he was first off very confused because it is such a sudden, mm-hmm. sudden accident. Mm-hmm. So, you know, us as adults, we're not even prepared. Right. So, I mean, how do you explain to a four-year-old really what they're going through? No you kidding. Know, they don't explain the emotions. They don't explain, they don't understand the feelings that they're going through. Um, and now he is eight. Right. And um, he still gets confused. But yeah, I just remember him being really um, clingy mm-hmm. and he was needy. Mm-hmm. You know, he would cry a lot, emotional. He would have bouts where he'd be very angry. Yeah. Um, and I think just not understanding and nightmares, which were horrible. I, uh, you know, as much as you try to not be the cope sleeping parent, right. he, he would have a lot of nights where he slept yeah. with us, which was totally fine because he, he was scared. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it almost became uh, where he was afraid that something would happen to me or yeah. his dad. Yeah. Um, because when loss is in your face so much and he'd experienced that, I think he worried all the time about other people dying. Yeah. yeah. So he's much better now. I mean, it's been five years and he, you know, has definitely grown a lot. And unfortunately, it is really sad when you um, have to watch him know so much about death already. Right. You know, right, right. it kind of consumed him for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did the best we could to help him and cope and teach him about loss and grief and heaven and um, make it more positive. Yeah. Um, instead of just being so sad and and horrific. Right. So, um, yeah, he's went through a lot for a little boy. But I think that he's really normal mm-hmm. and he's really strong. And I always tell him, you know, when he does have a really hard time that, you know, honey, you've been through more as a little Boy I know, yeah. Than no a kidding. lot of adults have. Right. So don't beat yourself up and it's yeah. okay to cry. And that's what mommy's here to do is give you a hug and mm-hmm. we'll talk about it. And um, I think that helps because I think when he gets it out of his system, you know, he can go back to being a regular little kid and yeah. kind of move forward. Um, I want to talk a little bit later about, you know, triggers that yeah. I've noticed um, where he'll be totally fine, you know, and then, you know, triggers might come along even yeah. five years later. So. Yeah, definitely. I think that's something especially for folks to look out for all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, how, sort of a side question, how uh, hard was it for you while going through your own feelings with Rowan and you, even in the five short podcasts we've had so far, it's you can, you've very much illustrated what you were going through after Rowan passed. How hard was it for you to um, help him deal with his own grief while you were so sort of washed over in your own. Yeah. I mean, gosh, it's so hard because you're lost as you're on your own, you know, yeah. you're lost as a parent and as an adult going through this grief, suffering the loss of your child. And, um, for a long time, I would try to hide it from him, mm. um, and be obviously as strong as I could. Cause I didn't want him to see mommy just crying every day. Right. So, you know, you right. try to shelter your kids a little bit and not, expose them to the harsh reality of what it really feels like. Mm-hmm. But then when I started to see him, when he was suffering on his worst days, you know, you also don't want him to feel like he can't, um, he's not allowed to cry or be vulnerable because yeah. that's not healthy. Right. So, you know, he's, he obviously saw a lot of hard days, you know, I didn't try to expose him to all of it. Um, but yeah, he had a lot of times where he would see mom and dad, mm-hmm. you know, 
really depressed and really sad. And Mm -hmm. we were very honest with him and just Mm -hmm. say, you know, we're missing your sister right now. So we were just honest. And I think that opened the door for him to be honest and talk about it with us. Yeah. So then, you know, he's been able to really talk to me and have heart to hearts and have moments where he's vulnerable and tells me how he's feeling. And I'm glad that he feels safe enough to do that. Yeah, that's great. Because I don't ever want him to be, you know, holding it in because mm-hmm. we all know that's not healthy. Absolutely. Um, and lashing out in anger because that is one thing that can happen yeah. quickly. Um, so I just try to always be out open and honest. And it is hard. You know, you try not to l- let them be exposed to too much. But at the end of the day, you can only – keep that behind closed doors so yeah, much. Right. So yeah, he did he did witness, you know, the tears and some sadness. And we've just always tried to be honest with him and um let's do what we can to celebrate your sister's life and mm-hmm. in positive ways. And that's what we've really tried to do over the years is not just have it all be sadness. Like let's do something happy for sister. So yeah. um that's why we do crafts for her and take her things to the cemetery. And I let him pick out flowers for her or those little things that can be joyful experiences. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't always just think every time he thinks of Rowan that it's sad. Yeah. I want him to still think of happy things for Rowan as well. Right. Yeah. How important was uh, his dad in the process? Did he feel like, um, did he feel like, do you feel like maybe he leaned more on you? Or uh, or maybe his dad. So because his father's going through his own mm-hmm. set of feelings, and and you know, uh, as we've already illustrated and will illustrate in the future, he's experiencing it in a different way than even you are. Uh, how important was it for for him to have his father around? Well, I think that's a no brainer. It's obviously so important, you know, to have both parents really be there to be a support system because mm-hmm. um, it's a roller coaster ride. Right. For all of us. So I think we all go through different phases of grief at different times. And that goes for children as well. So, you know, there might have been times where he felt more comfortable maybe talking to his dad about something. Mm-hmm. And there might have been more, you know, another time where he'd be comfortable talking to me and not his dad. So I think we've both experienced um, the highs and lows with him in different ways. Yeah. So, and I'm I'm glad that he could have his dad around too you know, be there to be a rock for him, you know, because yeah. maybe I wasn't the rock at that time. Right. So we've, we've both definitely been there for the roller coaster. Yeah. 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 Um, talk a little, let's talk a little bit about how you explain this sort of loss to your kids. And I, I think this is interesting because my theory, and this is just a theory, my theory is that you definitely had to explain Rowan's passing way different to uh to your to your daughter who's born after Rowan passes than you did to your son who was there. Can you talk a little bit about the different ways that you talked to them about this very very deep uh wound and subject? Yeah. Uh well, first of all, they they both have totally different personalities too. Yeah. So my son is very sensitive mm-hmm. and he's more of an emotional kid. Yeah. So I really have to be delicate with the way I explain mm. things to him. Yeah. Because he does take things very seriously into heart. Okay. Um, so, you know, right after her passing, he was four, we read a lot of books and that mm. worked for him well. And there is a ton of books out there, which I totally recommend um, for kids because they're interested in it and it, it can explain death in, you know, different ways. We talked a lot about heaven. I tried to not glorify it by any means, but 
paint a picture for him that was like, she's in this beautiful place yeah. of heaven. Yeah. So it's not scary um, because, you know, he's terrified. He was terrified after that. So I really tried to show him that heaven is beautiful and that's where your sister is. Yeah. And she's safe with God. Yeah. And I think that really made him feel better. Mm. Uh, with my daughter, you know, she's so different because here she comes born after. You know, right. She never met her sister. Right. So um, it's a whole different different world for her. She just sees her sister's pictures and obviously hears stories and we talk about her. Um, and that was her normal. And she didn't actually start asking questions until probably the last year. She's four now as well. Yeah. So she's four and I think she's starting to figure things out. You know, she, she'll ask, well, well, where is Rowan mm. and why can't I see her? Mm. Um, so we have to answer those in a different way. Yeah. You know, I yeah, still, totally. I still am very honest with her as well. You know, your sister um, passed away and she's not here with us physically on earth. You can't see her, mm -hmm. but she's around you all the time. Mm -hmm. And we feel her in our hearts. Mm -hmm. um, so she's confused. You know, how do you, you can't really, I guess, explain it to a four-year-old and have them really understand. Right, right. It's very difficult to grasp. Yeah, but that's all she knows is she's never met her sister. She sees her beautiful photos all over the house. Um and then she, but she doesn't quite understand, you know, well, why can't I see her? Can we go visit her today? Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I have to say, you know, well, she's always visiting you, you know, even yeah. when you're playing, she's, she's right here with you playing, you know, side by side. Mm -hmm. uh, you just can't see her, but you feel her in your mm -hmm. heart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we talk about sissy signs. So my daughter gets sissy signs. So she engages in, in sissy signs oh. as well. Oh, yeah. She'll That's tell awesome. me. Yeah, she'll say, she'll come running through the house if she finds a little white feather. And oh, nice, say, nice. Mama, mama, uh, Rowan left me a feather. <laughs> oh, that's cool. You know, so she, yeah. I think she has her own little closeness that she feels to her sister. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and I've always loved that because I want them to have a bond too. Yeah. You know, yeah, even though you never cool. physically got to see her or meet her, I think she feels really close to her, yeah. which I love. Yeah. Um, and she'll, she'll occasionally have dreams of her too. And um, she shares those dreams with me and I, I love it. It melts my heart when, That's she, cool. when she'll say, you know, Oh mom, you know, Rowan and I were playing in the sandbox and yeah. in my dream and she'll tell me all about it. And it's special. Cause I'm like, Oh, I love that they have a little relationship. Yeah. That's cool. Even though they never got to meet here yeah. physically. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, so you talked a little bit about some of the triggers that yeah. you have noticed. Um, I think this will help a lot of parents who uh, are struggling with this with their kids. What are some of the behavioral changes that you would want to warn parents to look out for and some of the triggers that you noticed? Yeah. Um, well, like I kind of mentioned earlier, I... I would notice that Wyatt would um, be a little depressed. Mm -hmm. I, I think their symptoms are a lot like adults. You know, they're just children, and I think they're a little more extreme maybe. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he would have bouts of anger where he would kind of take it out on his younger sister, mm. where I felt like when he was angry, he would take things out on her, um, be whiny, you know. Yeah. Not, not super um, motivated to be active, you know, your key signs of depression. And I see those even in kids mm -hmm. when it's like, well, man, that's the same symptoms I have, yeah, you know, when yeah. I get down. Yeah. So, um, and they just don't understand because they're kids, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, I, I've actually seen him have, you know, some panic attacks and get anxiety. You know, he would have anxiety sometimes going to school. 
even though he was a good student and had lots of friends, I would see him start to um, have anxiety sometimes. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't want to leave me, get emotional if I was going on a trip or something. Right. Um, I've never really seen this or witnessed this in Monroe, my youngest. But again, I don't think she never experienced the loss because she wasn't here. Right. But I do see, I've seen these over the years with my son at different times. Um, And that's when I know I need to slow my roll with whatever Mm. else I'm doing and really focus on him Mm. because he needs me. And um, I think it's tricky when you're consumed with the loss of that child. You don't want to ever overshadow, obviously, what your living children need. So um, that's when I... I really try to give him one-on-one time that he needs. I try to talk to him more, ask him how he's doing in school, you know, and I just try to talk to him about why why he's not being himself lately. And mm-hmm. I really just try to talk to him. And sometimes we get so hectic, you know, with schedules and wrapped up in our daily lives that even when we are really busy, I'll even just lay with him at night and we'll read a book and we'll talk and snuggle for a half hour. Mm-hmm. And I'll just hold his hand and just ask him about his day. Yeah. And, um, which obviously is what I think we all want to do as parents. Right. But I think just doing that extra talk time, it goes a long way because you don't want them ho- holding all that in and, you know, having that build up and having them start acting out at school or taking it out on other, you know, people in their lives or what mm-hmm. it, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. So, but I think just really watching for the same symptoms that we experience as adults in our grief and our loss and seeing that in kids and they don't know how to express themselves. So it might be coming out in anger and tears and tantrums and, and I've definitely seen that. And then he'll go on and be really great for a long time. Yeah. And um, back to the triggers. um, I noticed any time anybody else in our life has passed since that has been a major trigger for him. Mm. So, um, He had a a classmate that he'd been in school with multiple years, Mm -hmm. um, actually since preschool. Yeah. And um, they went together pretty much every grade except, uh, I want to say, one year. They didn't have the same class, but one of his classmates passed away and um, same age. And obviously, that's so traumatic anyway. That's so traumatic for any child to experience the loss of a friend. Right. Um, but then to have it recall everything else. Yeah, it definitely brought up all those emotions surrounding his sister again. Yeah. You know, because it's almost like even though he's already been through that, it's like all those demons come back up. Yeah. Like, Mommy, I sure. don't understand. You know, I'm hurting inside. I just, I don't understand why I can't, you know, hold it in and not cry. Mm-hmm. And it's heartbreaking. I know. So then you go through that all over again and we talk about it. Yeah. You know, and we talk about heaven and then we talk about where his friend is and, and his friend is with Rowan. Yeah. And they're yeah. together and they're having a great time. Yeah. And I bet they have a lot in common. And I bet right. that they talk about yeah. us and they, um, you know, still can see uh, us down here celebrating their lives. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was a tough one because it really put him into a new depression, I think. And that was, you know, fairly recent. It wasn't that long ago that his friend passed and it was really rough. Yeah. Well, it's common sense. I mean, it's all going to come back to you. They're the same exact feelings that you had previously, only the previous time was more intense. Right. So it's going to come back for sure. And I think too, just like as adults, we want to throw a fit and say, you know, it's not fair. Like you shouldn't lose a child. Right. Like no child should ever have to leave this earth. Yeah. Like they should be here and 
Right. We want to throw a fit as adults. So think of that as a kid. Like, I think he wanted to throw a fit. Like, yeah. mom, it's not fair. Like, right. you know, my sister's already gone and now my, you know, friend is there, mm-hmm. is not here too. And, you know, he wanted to throw a fit. And I was like, it's okay to feel that way. Yeah. You know, you, I'm here to hold you and we're, you can cry to mom anytime you want to. And, and he did. We, I, uh, it was heartbreaking because I just did hold him for a long time and he just cried to me. Yeah. Because he didn't understand why his hurt his heart hurts so bad. Yeah. And that gosh, that as a parent hurts your heart. Like, oh my gosh, no, you just can't see your child feeling that pain. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Those those triggers I think are gonna come up regardless. You know, there's always gonna be another loss in that child's life mm-hmm. life at some point. Yep. Um, excuse me that I can't talk properly today. <laughs> I'm just apologizing. Well, you came all the way from Red Redwood, California? Red Bluff. Red Bluff. Yeah, back to Washington yeah, yeah, last yeah, night. Something. So we had a 10-hour drive. <laughs> got in a little late, and yeah, I'm just not yeah. quite speaking That's all right. Well. I, I mean, I, I really trashed the beginning, so I think we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, like with everything associated with parenting, it requires work. Mm-hmm. It requires effort. Um, but in this case... It it requires this extra bit that maybe um, you don't you don't even know that you have. Can you talk a little bit about how tiring it is to take a step to purposefully and intentionally uh, connect uh, with your son and like bring it back to make sure that you're focused on him? It's already hard to do that when you're just a parent running around doing things, mm-hmm. but when you're also dealing with those same issues, can you speak a little bit to how exhausting that can get for folks? Well, yeah, it is. I mean, it's it's on top of everything else you're already going through yeah, in life. Yeah. So, um, but at the end of the day, what's the most important? What's the most important thing for us as a parent? It's yeah. our kids' happiness, yeah. right? We all want our kids to be happy, no matter what. And mm-hmm. um, so, in a way, that became you know my number one priority when it needed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just feel like you know when you see them really suffering and needing that extra support as exhausting as it is, it's like, that's all we want to do as parents is really make them feel better and feel supported and loved and heard. And, um, but even if you feel, even if it does feel tiring, even if it feels exhausting, don't be afraid of it. You can do it. Yeah. And just talk to them because mm -hmm. that's as simple as it is. Yeah. Um, and motivate them to still, you know, keep doing the things they like to do. Cause I would notice in my son, he would get like depressed and he wouldn't want to go to yeah. practice or yeah. play sports or go outside and um, be active. And I really didn't allow him for that to be an option because yeah. I know how quick it can take over Yep. Um, from my personal experiences. So yeah. I'm like, Nope, you, you don't get the out. I'm sorry, yeah. kid. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, but it's like they're kids. They need to, yep. like you don't get the option to just sit and um, get depressed basically. Right, right. But I also do feel like they're resilient and they come back quick. Mm-hmm. They, you know, I've watched him get in a, a little bit of a funk and come back way quicker than me or his dad. <laughs> they're resilient. You yeah, know, these yeah. kids are resilient yeah. and they get back to having fun and it's still a roller coaster for them. But I think that they're um, better at bouncing back than an adult is. Yeah, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so let's get into uh, this week's quote of the day. Before we get into quote of the day, I actually want to say we are going to be introducing a, and this is a surprise to you, Brent, as oh, well. Oh, great. We're going to be introducing a segment in the coming weeks that is actually going, we are um, we're working on highlighting some of our angel families. They'll be, their story will be in our, in our monthly newsletter. We're actually going to take those stories and actually read them. So we're going to highlight some of our angel families as well. We're going to do a monthly angel family. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Can but, I just add to if you are one of our angel families and you want to come join us on our podcast sometime? Yeah. yeah. Please reach out. We would love to. We would we love would to love talk to, to you. have you. Yeah, absolutely. And and you can talk about your your own experience if you want and help others get through their get through their experience through this medium. So please, yeah, definitely. We yep. invite anybody to come on. Uh, we're we're going to stick with the quote of the day today. So, Bryn, do you have a quote of the day? I do. And since we were talking about siblings today, mm-hmm. I chose a quote um, regarding siblings. And this is the quote. In this life, we will never truly be apart, for we grew in the same beat of our mother's heart. By Daphne Frandrich. Just short and sweet. That's very good. But I feel like you have a bond, you know, yeah. as siblings that can never be broken. Yeah. So let's get back into a couple more uh, questions so one of the things that we have talked about before or, or you know, touched a little bit on is um, doing things to remember your angel. What are some of the things that you can do to help, you know, kind of keep your angel alive in memory, but without actually overshadowing the contributions that their siblings are still uh, having here on earth? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And that is a challenge because, you know, my personal experience obviously is is different than everybody's, but you know, right. I I chose to start this nonprofit after Rowan passed away, and I think it can consume, um, well, my everyday life. Yeah, you know, I'm surrounded no by you know race for Rowan events, and we're you know always talking about Rowan anyway. Um, but I did sometimes see where I felt like my children felt like they weren't um getting as much attention as like race for Rowan or, and I think in their minds that goes back to their sister. Mm -hmm. So um, that is one of the reasons that I kind of slowed down a little bit um, with work. And now we have Philip here that just does an amazing job. Oh, thank you. You know, um, (laughs) but I just try to, I guess, have them celebrate their sister with me. Mm. So it's not, um, like I said, I didn't want it to always be really depressing and doom and gloom. Mm -hmm. I tried to make um, like if we are talking about their sister, I try to make something fun out of it. Like let's make Rowan a craft. Mm-hmm. So they will draw pictures for their sister or they will, um, you know, make her certain things that we'll take to the cemetery. And like I said, my son will pick her out flowers. I try to include them in everything we do for Rowan so they don't feel like it's just mommy and daddy doing it right. without them. Right. Like we're a family unit still. Yeah, um, don't make it a singular experience, basically. Right. Yeah. And, and that's, I feel like that works well for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I just try to have us be a family unit in everything we do. Um, so when we do honor their sister, they're a part of it. Um, just as we honor them and celebrate them when they, you know, have their sporting events or whatever it may be that they need their little celebrations for as well. Right, right. Um, you know, I try to obviously give them their praise for things and then when it's our time to go visit Rowan, I'm like, you know, this is our time to honor her. Mm-hmm. And there's many, many days where we are, you know, where you're important and you're doing this and mommy's taking you somewhere special. Yeah. So I just try to obviously 
do that together as a family right? and not make it just always about Rowan. I mean, you're consumed with your kids every day, you know, hobbies and lives and sports. So yeah, yeah, I just try to still keep us a family unit and whatever we do to celebrate their sister and make it a positive thing for them. And yeah. they actually do enjoy going to the cemetery, which sounds very odd, but <laughs> it definitely does. Um, you know, we try to go there and mm-hmm. always have them bring her something special or a piece of candy and lay it on her by her headstone. And mm-hmm. they talk to her, like we'll say a prayer. And so, yeah, I mean, you do what you can do. Yeah. yeah. I don't think there's any right or wrong way. I think you just do the best you can. Right. And you're always celebrating your kids here. So, um, and that's what I tell them. I'm like, well, sometimes it's your sister's day. Like yeah. on her birthday, we yeah. still celebrate Rowan. Her birthday. Yep. Yeah. Just like we celebrate theirs. Yeah, right, so. right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hard one. I mean, it's a hard, it's a hard line to balance mm-hmm. because um, you are dealing with your own, your own grief, your own experience with it. And then you still have the needs of the other, of the other two. Mm-hmm. And you don't want them to grow bitter because they feel like uh, someone who isn't in front of their face is getting all of the attention. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it seems like that would be a really one of the more challenging things you you probably have to deal with when it comes to dealing with them. And I, I know I've screwed up in the past where I've had to put myself in check, oh. you know, where I'm like, okay, I am getting too consumed. Yeah. In, you know, yeah. in in, Ra- in Rowan stuff. Yeah. In Rowan, you mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. not that – not that it's not a good thing, but no. I sometimes I just have to slow myself down and be like, what do I need to focus on yeah, right now? Yeah. And take a step back and be like, I need to give, you know, just as much attention to them. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a balancing act and yeah. it's not always easy. And right. it's okay if you screw up every yeah. once in a while because you can always fix it and yep. learn from your mistakes. That's right. And That's right. I think that's a good lesson for life. Don't worry about it. Just keep keep trying. Yep. Keep trying. Try again. Yep. 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 So you mentioned some uh, you mentioned some books that you actually uh, read to your son. Can you talk a little bit about some of the resources that you used to help uh, them deal with their own grief? Yeah, books were huge for us because you know my son actually really loved reading, and he still does. Um, and we would read books together every night, and we actually received a lot as gifts. Huh. Um, but I know Barnes and Nobles has a huge supply of child loss books or, you know, books surrounding sibling grief. Oh, wow. Um, That's great. Oh, yes. So even if you're shopping online and, you know, you put that in your search engine, um, The Invisible String was a book that we really loved. Okay. It's like you're still attached, even though, you know, they're up in heaven and we can't see them. You have this invisible string where you're still attached to them. Um, And, so, you know, books are cool because it creates this imag- imagination for this child to, you know, envision what their sibling's doing and they're up in heaven and you still have this close relationship. And so I do think that's a huge resource. Um, it can explain death and it, it can explain loss in a way for a child to relate. So that was huge for us. Um, there's also grief counselors for children. Mm-hmm. And I never actually did do that with Wyatt. But I did have a friend that has done that with her child that experienced loss, and um, it was really beneficial for him. Okay. So, yeah. they, you know, they create a safe environment for the child, you know, where they will be playing with them um, and start building a relationship where that child feels safe and they don't ask necessarily like super direct questions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They will do it, you know, in a very casual way while they're playing with your child. Um, 
And I know that that was great for my friend that, that utilized that. She said, you know, that her son personally would tell the counselor things that he had never told his mom. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I think as your parent, as a parent, you just do the best you can on judging what your child might need. But if they aren't opening up to you, you know, maybe they would do better opening up to a counselor that specializes in that. So I think that's a good resource that people can look into as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that, you know, they're all over. We're in the Olympia area and I know that there's one here in Olympia. So um, we can always help look that information up for yes, you. If you're yes, a family and you want us to do some research for you, we certainly can just contact us here at Race for Rowan and mm-hmm. we're happy to look for those resources for you. Yep. Uh, and that is one of the final points that I wanted to make as we close out the podcast. We are beginning to build our emotional support programming, obviously, and some folks have actually seen some of some of that stuff. This podcast is a part of that. One of the things that we did last year for the first time was a Christmas book purchasing promotion for for siblings. We're going to do that again, of course, this year. It was great. It was great. We got lots of great reaction from folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, great pictures on Facebook of, of the siblings who got a book from Race for Rowan. We're going to do more of that. Our, our goal is to attempt to partner with other organizations throughout the community to try and bring some referral services or maybe even some scholarship opportunities or a chance to at partnering. So you're going to be able to see some of that as well over the next uh, year or two where we'll be able to actually have some things for the siblings of, of our angels to engage in that mm-hmm. are therapeutic, that are an opportunity to, to express their feelings or just do something that allows them to act like a kid again and 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 remember those type of days. So look out for some of that stuff. But we are definitely thinking about the siblings of those who have passed as well. Definitely. It's yeah. exciting. Um, Philip actually is the one that uh, came up with the buy a book for a sibling oh, program. Thanks. And it was really successful. And it was super fun to basically collect all these books. And we had a, a ton of volunteers come out and help yeah. and wrap them with Race for Own wrapping paper. Very and cool. we mailed them out to all these angel siblings. Yeah. And it was so cool to see the photos that the yeah. the families would send in. So yeah. I yeah. was super happy with that program and I am excited to do more. Yeah. Yeah. It was so really fun. Was if really anybody fun. has any ideas out there too, we are yeah. always open to them. Yeah. Um, we, we really try to think outside the box on how we can help. So that's right. Don't ever hesitate to present ideas to us because we love to hear it all. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. While you're subscribing and reviewing and rating our podcast, you can send us ideas about things we can do for siblings. You can do two kill two birds with one stone. Yes. Just like that. I also want to add, bring your kids to our 5K, 10K, our run yeah. for Rowan here in Tonino. Yeah. yeah. It is so fun. And I think, well, for my kids, I always kind of tell them, like, this is an event, obviously, that we're raising money for other families that yeah. have lost a child. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's they. I think they they have fun because we have lots of fun things to do. You know, we have bounce houses and a kid zone and things like that. But I also try to incorporate, like, we're doing this for other families that have lost a child. So yeah. you're helping other people, yeah. you know, and we're yeah. honoring your sister's life while you're here. Yeah. Um, but I think it gives them a sense of, what it feels like to give back mm-hmm. and um, connect with other kids that may be lost a brother or yeah. sister. And, but it's really, it's a really fun time. And you can see these kids running around playing together in the, the kids zone. And you're thinking, wow, you know, all these little kids in here, a lot of them have lost a brother or sister. And mm-hmm. it's just a place where they can all run around and connect to. Yeah. Um, yeah. So come out to that. I mean, that's, we're a ways out from that. I think it's June 20th. Yeah. Um, 
of 2020, but we host that here in Tenino and it's so fun. Yeah, so. it's really great. It's really great. And the final thing uh, I would say is that always keep in mind that, at least even with my experience with my kids, that kids are tougher, they are more intuitive, and they sense things. They are all of those things more than we think that they are. They are yeah. tougher than we think that they that they could be. They are more intuitive than we think that they could be, and they definitely sense more than they sense the world around them more than maybe sometimes we give them credit for. Totally. Um, So always just make sure you keep that in mind. Your kids are, they are tough, but they are feeling the same things that you're probably feeling. So Mm -hmm. uh, even though it might take a little bit, make sure to try and and connect with them because maybe you can even get through it together. Yeah. You know, and that's great when you can. Yeah. So uh, this was a great episode. We're going to have more stuff like this about, about, you know, fathers dealing with this, siblings dealing with this. Everybody deals with this loss in their own way. So um, if you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe, make sure you rate, review us. We love bringing this podcast to you. Um, The final thing about upcoming events is we still have our dinner and auction on April 25th. So make sure that, uh, that it is available today. Yep, uh, so get go, your tickets. Go to the site, NashvilleKnights.net, and get your tickets to uh, this year's dinner and auction. Uh, other than that, we are going to see you next week. So thanks a lot for listening to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you.